Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. They sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay then, let's play. But they're cheating us too. They're against us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. I am the host, you are the co-host. You can text in 806-855-3712. Big time action today on a Tuesday. You can text in on the Texas Rangers. They'll play again tonight against the Kansas City Royals. Nate. Nathan? Nate? Eovaldi? On the mound for the Rangers tonight. I feel like that's one of those that could go either way. We'll also have the Texas Tech Red Raiders bark in the park tonight at Dan Law Field, or as Texas Tech now says, the rip. Which is still a little odd to me. I thought it was the law, but now it's the rip. Even though the rip, when I hear the rip, it's the LCU basketball facility. Hey, you going to the RIP to watch Texas Tech baseball? No, I'm going to the law. You can also text in about the food topic for Tuesday. This is something we do on the Raiderland. We generally allow text the rest of the hour on the Rob Bro Show, if you wish. If you're going out of town... Depending on where you're out of town is, what is one place you have to stop at? If you're from outside the Lubbock area and you're coming back to Lubbock, what's the one Lubbock place you have to stop at? If you're on a trip around the country, if you're going international, tell me your destination. Tell me the one spot you have to stop at, the favorite you have. And we can do that today on the Rob Bro Show as well. For me, it used to be Papados. Used to be. But now I have boycotted all Papados. I've not been there since before 2021 when the boycott started. And you know what? We'll just have to see if I ever go back. It might have been 2022. Has it been a year and a half? Whatever it was, feels like forever. Uh, but I will not be going back to Papados. That used to be one of the places we had to hit going to the Metroplex growing up. But no more. No more. Is what it is. But if you have a destination you have to hit every time you go somewhere, let me know on the text line. 806 
Jacob deGrom wrist soreness. Now, it seems like it seems like he kind of pulled himself. Uh, totally precautionary. But precautionary oftentimes turns into a seven-day stint. Uh, missed spot in the rotation. A couple of missed spots in the rotation. He said he didn't want to change his mechanics through the soreness, which I agree with. There's no reason for DeGrom to throw 80 to 100 pitches, 40 of those in discomfort, to beat the Royals. And for Dane Dunning to come in and complete the shutout and to extend your bullpen, which you needed because they were pretty rough after the Astros series, to basically get a complete game from Dane Dunning after the short start from DeGrom was huge, to just need two pitchers, your whole bullpen got a day of rest. Great, great, great outing. You can't say it enough from Dane Dunning. And again, you had the first inning three-run bomb from no other than Josh Young. He's off to a pretty good start, by the way. We'll look at his uh, on-pace numbers through 15 games today. But a four-run lead in the fourth inning against the Royals, who just don't score, I'm fine with that precaution. Now, I'm even fine with him missing a start or two. I want Jacob deGrom, the Texas Ranger pitcher, in July, in August, in September. I don't really need him in April. Now, you have to keep pace. You can't be losing games if he's out. But if Dane Dunning can do that in a starting spot and you don't have to send DeGrom down and you just kind of can survive it for a, a turn in the rotation, I'm down. If you do need to put him on the seven-day and let him rest, do it and bring up one of these young pitchers and let them have a turn. Or just put him in the bullpen and, again, let Dane Dunning start a spot in the rotation now, he threw 60 or 70 pitches last night, so he might need that time off, and you probably could just set him up as a starter. Dane Dunning has been a starter in his career. He's the long man right now for the Rangers, so I'm down. If you need to, I'm down. If you don't, I'm also down. This texture, and I'm assuming it's Houston, Campisi's on Mockingbird, used to be a must-go. Uh, haven't been there in at least five years now. Is that because it's gone downhill, or you just haven't been there? Uh, hey, by the way, if I go back to Houston, well, I just forgot the name of it. What's the uh, the Mexican food place? Right beside Minute Maid. If I ever go back to a game at Minute Maid, I will stop at that place. Uh, Kobo's, too. Kobo's Barbecue right there by the stadium. Both within walking distance. Uh, both right there. The burrito tacos and the brisket quesadillas at Kobo's were unreal. Uh, would definitely, definitely 
tell somebody to go there. Uh, this texture, you've been to Idaho Springs. If you've been west of Denver on I-70, it's just on the other side of Morrison, Colorado, by Red Rocks. It's a pretty cool town. Uh, not like Vail or crazy touristy like Breck. Also, Oxbow Pies in Palestine is great just down the road from Athens. Well, there you go. Rob, happy Eovaldi Day. To all who celebrate, happy Eovaldi Day, I say. Uh, the texter continues. Today is Bark the Park for the Red Raider baseball team, which is the one game a year you can bring your dog into the stadium, which is awesome because my wife has been dying to catch a baseball game all season. Won't bring her collar and leash, though. They don't take kindly to that. <laughs> Love you, Grande Pollo. A great relationship between him and his wife, I'm sure. Must stop spot Cooper's Barbecue in Yano. I think they actually call it Lano, but it's spelled Yano. I'm going to say it Yano. I love Cooper's Barbecue. And the first time I went there, I misjudged exactly the pricing. You just kind of go walk up to the pit and say, uh, take a little of that, little of that, little of that. And uh, they just kind of, oh, this much, and they kind of cut it off. And uh, then they charge you by weight at the end. <laughs> You're like, oh, that was $45 worth of barbecue. I'm sorry. You got to share it family style, though. But, it's uh, not that difficult to accidentally spend $45 no. worth of barbecue, though. No, it's not. It really isn't. Um, and generally worth it. Especially at Cooper's. Cooper's is very good. And that is the best Cooper's, by the way. There's several Cooper's. That one's the best. And uh, Yano Lano. What is it? <laughs> what is uh, what is this one you sent me? I was trying to look up uh, the Mexican places around the Minute Maker. Oh, no, I don't believe either of those were it. I think it was a lady's name. Fabian's Latin flavors, though, sounds good. Irma? Irma's. There it Irma's is. Irma's Originals. Irma's Original. Yeah, the original one. Irma's, yeah. Uh, oh, in Dallas. Oh, Mockingbird. Yeah, it's in Dallas. Okay. Uh, Campisi's was there uh, right by the station for a while, too. I think uh, not for long, though. That place has been a lot of things, this uh, building right by the station. My favorite... Location there was the zucchinis back in the day. Um, I don't know if you're a big salad bar guy, Connor, are you? So, no? <laughs> I love a good salad bar. Uh, especially when you can get like baked potatoes and other things at the salad bar. Zucchinis, very good. Very good. Uh, super salad, I guess, is the one left in Lubbock. I've not been to a super salad in a long time. My favorite salad bar in Lubbock, Texas is Brian's Steakhouse. No free ads. That's the one I thought of as well, actually. Oh, man. Those little corn cornbread sticks. Where else can you get a canned spaghetti <laughs> and green beans on the salad bar waiting for your steak? I don't generally go for the spaghetti. Uh, they, you can also get, like, a plate of nachos, which is what my nephew opts for every time. Uh, it's an interesting spot there. That salad bar has some uh, delicacies as well. 
All right, we'll take an early break. Texas Rangers. We'll talk about Grand Canyon coming in as well for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. It's the Rob Rose Show. Talk 103.9 News. Money. Sports. Welcome back to Rob Rush Show Talk, one of the point nine news, money, sports. This texture, the original Nitfas on navigation in Houston is okay, but there are multiple Mexican food joints in Houston that are just as good. I do think Mexican food is better in Houston than Dallas. Houston, to me... If I had to move to a huge city in Texas, which I don't plan on it. Now, Dallas obviously would be high on my list because of the Cowboys, the Rangers, the Stars, the Mavs. I mean, if I'm trying to watch pro sports, it's a Dallas team. But I have really enjoyed my last couple of trips to Houston. It's a little harder to find, like, I don't know. I I just really like Houston. <laughs> and I didn't think so. I it, Before my last three trips to Houston in the last six months, I would not have said that. But I've really enjoyed each trip down to Houston uh, for three different reasons and three different variations. Spent uh, three days there twice, two days one time. I just overall enjoyed my time there. I don't uh, not like the Dallas area. I think it's got its pros. Certainly, uh, you could find more small-town feels there in Dallas with some of the uh, little pockets and sections. I wonder the the price point of living in Houston. I've not thought about or tried to think about living in either of those places. I wonder if uh, if it's expensive living in Houston compared to maybe like a Fort Worth or a Frisco. Especially compared to Lubbock. If I'm leaving Lubbock, which is notoriously... Uh, less expensive than other places. But as far as like big cities go, I would say Houston and Dallas are probably pretty comparable. Texas Tech Red Raiders will play Grand Canyon this week in the midweek. And uh, you've not been great against uh, Grand Canyon lately. Or uh, really historically, if you're Texas Tech, uh, Grand Canyon on a bit of a winning streak, uh, but they are 10 and 11 on the road. Against the Red Razor, against the Red Razors, against the Red, sorry, let me re-say this. 
Texas Tech nine and two all time against Grand Canyon at home. Ten and eleven on the road against Grand Canyon. I was reading the wrong thing there. Uh, but you are zero and four in your last four against Grand Canyon. Zero for two last year in a midweek series in Grand Canyon. You also lost two in Lubbock in 2015. The only two you've lost in Lubbock. Uh, Before that, you played them in 98 in Phoenix. Got a win. In 97, a series in Lubbock. Got a win. Two of them. In 95, a three-game series in Lubbock, swept. In 93, a three-game series in Lubbock, swept. And then he kind of went back and forth for a while there in Arizona. Uh, You played him in 84 in Lubbock, got a win. But nine of the first ten were in Phoenix, and you just about split with them from the 70s to the 90s. Then you started playing him a little more in Lubbock. Glad to not be in Phoenix this year. That place, it wasn't a, a bad looking stadium field. Uh, it certainly was dark on the broadcast and otherwise. The lights just were not very bright that first night. I do think that added to uh, some of the struggles there. Coming in, these two teams are pretty similar record-wise. 25-12 and 12 is Texas Tech. 20-15 and 15 are the Grand Canyon Lopes. 11-7 and 7 in the whack. Texas Tech right at 506-6 six six in the Big 12. The rankings all favor Texas Tech. Grand Canyon not ranked, not high in the RPI. Texas Tech's not high in the RPI either, but they're you know, twice as good as Grand Canyon. In the grand scheme of things, this series probably does not give you too much good or bad. Uh, Certainly more bad than good. If you lose one of these, you would like to sweep. You would prefer to sweep. But really, all Texas Tech needs to do is win their Big 12 games from here on out. And that weekend series against Sam Houston is pretty important as well, but A split here, and and you're looking fine. Now, you would love to win tonight to lessen the pressure tomorrow. Uh, Both pitchers tomorrow, a TBA. Today, though, it's Tabor Fast, who has not factored into a decision, has a 6.04 ERA against Carter Young, a right-handed pitcher, 7.59 ERA. Texas Tech's lineup today Probably, and this is just the projected lineup, this is what was going on this weekend, though you've seen some midweek changes and ups and downs and differences in the last couple of weeks from Tim Tadlock and his team, but if you look at this weekend's lineup, it's Hester, Coleman, Harrelson, Bazell, Cash, Green, White, Vuletic, and Lopez. Vuletic there in right field. Vuletic hitting 350. 
Hit 350 in the five-game road trip all starts. Uh, small sample size, obviously, but you would love to see some continuation of that this week and this weekend against Baylor. Gavin Cash is third in RBIs in the country, third in home runs in the country. Sorry, tied for sixth in the country in home runs. First in the Big 12 in home runs. Kevin Bazell, uh, tied for third in the NCAA in doubles, leads the Big 12 in doubles. Gage Harrelson has 21 multi-hit games. I mean, this is just a really, really good lineup right now. And if you can get Ty Coleman some consistency, which kind of out of nowhere he really had last year as one of your better batters last year, if you can find him consistency there in the two-hole, and then you have Nolan Hester as a 24-game base on base streak, batting 361, batting even better in the Big 12, incredible on-base percentage. If you can get some of that consistency from Ty Coleman, he really solidifies your lineup. And then if you flip it over and have Vuletic and Lopez, obviously you need Hudson White to kind of get back in Big 12 form from last year. But, hey, let's see what happens this week. Uh, I think you have a really good opportunity today and tomorrow to continue some momentum or get back some momentum from the weekend and the road trip. You played... You know, a Big 12 team is going to be better than Grand Canyon. I think Oklahoma is a little bit misjudged on their record. Stanford, one of the top 15 teams in the country. You split with them. You should sweep Grand Canyon. You're a better team than Grand Canyon. Hey, it's baseball. Anything goes. But you do have an opportunity here against Grand Canyon to get some things continuing in the right direction. I think Ty Coleman has good, had a good road trip. At least you've had him there in the two-hole for a week. I think you'll keep him there. There was a lot of changes last week. You might see some stuff today, but I would assume Tim Tadlock has found a lineup to move forward with through the end of the year, hopefully. Tabor Fast again starting today. We'll give you some more Tabor Fast numbers when we return. Uh, he's been interesting. We'll talk about him when we come back. It's the Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. All Saturdays from 2 till 5 on Talk 103.9. Welcome back. It's the Rob Rose Show Talk, 103.9 News, Money Sports. Darian 
Williams has committed to Texas Tech basketball. The first commitment of the Coach Grant McCasland era. Williams from Nevada. The reigning Mountain West Conference Freshman of the Year. Darian Williams committed via his Twitter account moments ago saying Reckham hashtag committed. He averaged 7.6 points, 7.3 boards, and nearly three assists a game to win freshman of the year last year. He is 6'6", 210. Played at Bishop Gorman in high school and moved on to Nevada last year, the hometown team. Before moving on, well, I guess not technically hometown. I guess UNLV would be hometown, but the home state team. Uh, but now he's coming to Texas Tech to play for Grant McCasland. So there you go. The first visit of the year turns into the first commit of the year. And it is a 6-6 guard averaging 7-7. Seven and seven. Nearly three assists. There he is. All right. Back to Tabor Fast. Tabor Fast has started in four games this year. And if you just look at his ERA, it it's it's man, he's struggled in a couple of games, okay? Against UT Arlington in a win, he pitched an inning and a third and gave up four earned runs. Against Oklahoma State, three and two-thirds innings, one earned run, but he walked three. Against Iowa, he came in and just walked three. Got one out. Before that, at A&M, in the Houston Shriners Classic, he pitched four innings against Texas A&M, Gave up one earned run, but walked five and hit a batter. Against Western Illinois, seven hits, got four runs in five innings, though. And that was in a game you won against Western Illinois. He also has three appearances. He didn't give up a single run. Going back to that Oklahoma State appearance... Three and two-thirds, two hits, three walks, one earned run, 71 pitches. That's probably his best start of the year. Fast is a freshman from Washington, one of, if not the best prospect, to commit to a college from the state of Washington, one of the top high school prospects last year, a two-way player, has played some defense in right field and some defensive situations 
in the last month. I don't believe he has an at-bat. If he does... I don't, yeah, he's had an assist and two putouts. But I don't think he has any at bats. Either way, uh, primarily as a pitcher this year who has struggled with command. He's got at least one walk in all seven outings, and he's got multiple walks five against AM, three against Iowa. Three against Oklahoma State, two against Texas, three against TCU. But, but I will say this 20 walks to 16 strikeouts and seven appearances, 22 and a third innings pitch, 28 hits, 15 runs. None of that screams great right now. But in the highlights of Tabor Fast this year, you really de- you do see something of a kid who can come together, a kid who can put it together. And if he can find the zone, which a lot of times with a pitcher is mental, it's not generally mechanics. And if it is mechanics, it's probably because you're mentally doing something that's affecting your mechanics. Pitchers are head cases. But I think Tabor Fast can put it together. And this is a really good opportunity for him to show that, especially... Now, maybe not this weekend if he has a good day today, but there's an open rotation spot for the weekend in Big 12 play. Uh, Absolutely an open rotation spot. And Tabor Fast can 100% be that guy as a freshman down the stretch. You've seen freshmen at Texas Tech. You've seen freshmen pitching at Texas Tech. Close out seasons really, really well. And if Tabor Fast can limit walks today, I 100% think he will find himself back in a weekend rotation or in a weekend rotation before the season's finished. I think today is is an interview for a weekend spot for Tabor Fast. This texture, Houston would be great if it wasn't for the humidity. But I agree with you, bro. I'd rather live in Houston than Dallas because it's humid and hotter than Hades. At least with Houston, you can go to the Gulf and fish. Yeah, they're both humid. They're both hot. I'm not much of a fisher, but I would like to go to the Gulf. And the food in Houston is, is, I think it's severely underrated. The the cultural mishmash in Houston with the Cajun, the Vietnam, the Mexican food, the soul food. I mean, that is just a, a great mix to be going down there and enjoying. And from landlocked Lubbock, I really do enjoy some fresh seafood. 
I, I, I eat seafood when I'm out of town. Now, I like it here. There are some good seafood places here in Lubbock, but I, uh, I much prefer to get my seafood on the road in golf towns. <laughs> Another texter, a plainsman in Dallas, says, So it begins. Mountain West Freshman of the Year commits to Texas Tech. Long, great defensive upside. Yeah. And again, you're going to hear some key words with McCaslin recruits. And in a lot of ways, you're just going back to what worked for Mark Adams. And this is going to sound strange or weird, and it kind of sounds strange or feels weird to say, but in hiring Mark Adams, you just got back to the basics of sorry, when hiring McCaslin, you got back to the basics of Mark Adams. Because a lot of what he does is Mark Adams-based. It's just without the off-court drama. Allegedly. We'll see. There does seem to be a little bit of drama in the Jalen Tyson in the portal, out of the portal, but in the portal stuff. But I do think that McCaslin coming in, you're going to hear a lot of what you heard in the recruiting class of Mark Adams' first season. I mean, you went and got a bunch of 6'6 guards that were long and offensive players that had great defensive upside that just hadn't been asked to play tough defense yet and you thought you could come in and and make them buy in. You went and got high culture guys. You went and got high character guys. And you went away from that this season. Not to say anything about anyone's character, but you certainly didn't fill a team with 6'6 six, six guards like you did the previous year or go after an offensive big that could buy into the defense or at least not one that was healthy when he got here. If, if Daniel Bacho is early season Daniel Bacho and gets out of the portal and comes back and Robert Jennings takes a big step forward I think Lamar Washington is going to flourish being back in a system that he looked great in at times this year and I think Pop Isaacs can be Tyler Perry in this offense I do I don't know that you need Tyler Perry you can just give the keys to Pop Isaacs in my opinion a lot of times last year it was Pop Isaacs, who looked like the only dog on the court. Street dogs, baby. All right. So that's your first commitment, first visit. We'll be back after this. Final segment, Sir Rob Rocha.
Welcome back. I was driving. Final segment here on the Rob Rose Show. Talk 3.9 News, Money Sports. A couple of things left to discuss. The Texas Rangers. Starter Jacob DeCrom leaving last night. Not worried yet. I reserve my right to be worried, though, about Jacob DeCrom. And uh, any of his injuries that don't seem bad in the moment. Reserve my right. I will try not to be upset. The Texas Rangers, though, 10 and 6 in the AO West, first in the AO West. Uh, the Kansas City Royals, 4 and 13, fifth in the AL Central. So, not a great matchup for them. Though tonight, Eovaldi versus Keller. Brad Keller's been their best pitcher. They're 4 and 13. He has two of their wins. This matchup against, I believe you had this. Same matchup between these two teams. You know what? Let me. uh, This is something I should have prepared for. Uh, The last time the Texas Rangers and Royals played, like two weeks ago, you had Eovaldi pitch. Yep, against Brad Keller, and the final was 10 to 1. Eovaldi, five innings pitched, gave up six earned runs, struck out seven. Brad Keller, six and two-thirds, gave up three hits in the single earned run. Also struck out seven. So you're getting a little revenge here, hopefully. If you're the Rangers, Taylor Hearn was sent down. He had a poor outing against them as well. Two walks, four earned runs, four hits. And then you shut him down with uh, Kennedy and Hernandez. Uh, but you had a pretty clean bullpen from Clark and Yarbrough from the Royals uh, this last time out. Again, one of their four wins. At the time, the Texas Rangers were seven and four, ten and six currently. Lost one of the Royals, one of the Astros since. So, a rematch of the loss in last series, and then you'll have a new matchup tomorrow. At least in this year's sense. But we'll talk about that one tomorrow. I do think that Eovaldi bounces back. If he doesn't, starting to be a little worried about Eovaldi. Now, again, I reserve the right to be worried about anything for the Texas Rangers. But right now, at 10-6, and six, you're on pace to be pretty good. Uh, We talked about Josh Young earlier. Josh Young hitting uh, 310 through 16 games with three home runs. So he's on pace for, I don't know, around 30 home runs. Certainly if he could average... North of 285, you would be really successful as a rookie. Uh, If he can bat 300, 
as a rookie, you would be really, really excited about Josh Young. Hit cleanup last night and hit the three-run bomb. Uh, if you could find a spot there as a cleanup hitter, Josh Young, the cleanup hitter, uh, did not expect that from Josh Young when he was at Texas Tech uh, to be a major league power cleanup guy early in his career. Maybe something he developed into. He's also been playing slick defense. Finished the Sunday night capper with a double play. He's playing really, really well. And if he can unlock that power and keep it there and hit 30 home runs as a rookie, I I mean, you're just incredibly excited for that. Incredibly. You also have some other guys playing really, really well, and they're young, and this team certainly seems to be put together for a run here, if not this year and the next couple. It's hard to not be excited about the Texas Rangers right now. That game tonight at 640. The Texas Tech game right around then as well. Again, it's Bark in the Park at the Rip Law. But I believe you have to like register your pet before you go. So don't just show up with the dog. You got to make sure they know who it is. We'll be back tomorrow. I've been Rob Burrow. I'll be Rob Burrow. See you on the Radio Land 11 a.m. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.